amen at our house and in this zoom service i am just so thankful unto god as to what he is doing in our lives in this season it's good just to be here amen so many people are dealing with so many things and i pray i'm asking the church specifically to pray for our church family pray for us all of us one one for another at this very special time all of us are carrying and interceding burdens for one another but we're trusting god to do the impossible we are trusting God to do the impossible. And in this season, while we're believing God for moving mountains, we want you to trust God for moving mountains. Trust God in this season for moving mountains. And I pray last week that after the message that you did adhere to the instructions to begin to speak to your mountain, whatever that mountain is, speak to it, speak to it. Declare unto it the word of the Lord and take authority over it. It's going to feel crazy if you're not used to exercising your faith by the word of God and standing on this is going to feel awkward to you, but speak to whatever it is and command it to leave your life in Jesus name, because truly in the mind of God, it is trespassing. It has no place in your life according to the word of God. And God does heal. God still works miracles. He still works miracles. And I know someone can say amen to that this morning. So this morning, I just want to talk to you as, as um, I carry these burdens, this expectation uh, in this season in my life for the Lord to heal. I thank God for miracles in your lives and in your families. I don't know exactly what all of you are going through, but I know in my spirit and I sense in my spirit, there are things that you're up against that you are really in battle with right now in this season. And I'm thanking God in advance for your deliverance. So by way of just a short, short conversation with you this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to uh, a familiar text that always encourages me in times like this, when I'm praying and seeking God and meditating on the word of God and some things that I just wrote down as I uh, begin to read this scripture found in Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 35 through 41, Mark 4, 35 through 41. Amen. Mark 4, 35 through 41. And the word of God reads, and the same day when evening was come, he saith unto his disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, he took, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
if we look at verse 38, if we look at verse 38, when they said he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and the disciples await him, and said unto, and they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I mean, what a question. After all the things that he's taught them, after all they've been through with him. Remember this, all throughout this little talk that we're going to have. There was not a single storm in their lives that they went through or that they didn't go through. At, at, at this point, there was not a single storm that Jesus did not see them through. Not only them, but we find in the text and find in the scripture as we read the gospels that every storm of life, everything that people experienced in their lives, Jesus brought them through it. Those that came to him and trust him, he brought them through it. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And, and I'm thinking that because the ship was filling up with water, that they're not only talking about themselves there. They're saying, Jesus, don't you care that all of us, Jesus included, that we all perish? I mean, they thought this may have been a suicide mission or something. I mean, Jesus cared. And, and he showed them that he cared by what he did and how he rebuked them. And then he rebuked the winds and the waves. And for this, I want to use for a thought just to talk to you this morning uh, have a conversation because we, when we talk according to the word of God, when we speak according to the word of God, we, we need to understand that this is God talking to us. And we need to bring our issue, our problem, our circumstances. We need to bring all of our care before him in this hour. And understand this, let me tell you, he thought we were worth saving. He thought we were worth saving. Let's pray unto God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word, for your spirit that guides us and teaches us. We thank you for your word that brings faith to us. Open our hearts. Make us receptive to your word, O oh God. As we receive your word, I thank you for faith now. Faith that only pleases you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. He thought we were worth saving. just want to talk to you. God is, and I know that many of you, can sense that God is calling us to a closer walk with him. He's developing in us a greater hunger and a greater, a greater thirsting and a crying out for him. We saw that when we looked at the text where Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. He's, he's, he's bringing us to this place of a greater hunger and thirsting and a crying out for him, turning a loose of the things of the world, not trying to make ourselves so worldly comfortable that we neglect um, the fact that Jesus is near in difficult times. It's, it's in times like this that we learn to lean and depend on Jesus to finally come to a place where we will trust him and to know that he cares. Trials take us from one realm to another. Many times it's not until we face storms that certain scripture even come alive to us.
scriptures that we've studied, scriptures that we've prayed upon, they come alive to us in the midst of tests and trials and storms. And when we get that word, that living word, when it comes alive to us, we're empowered to stand in confident ex expectation according to that word. Now, I know that you've been in church a while, and I know that you've read much of the Bible, but how much of it has become alive to you in the midst of a time of storm? you got to understand that when God says something, that he means exactly what he says. In the text, uh, Jesus had now just finished speaking parables to an assembled multitude of people, giving them an opportunity to decide how much spiritual truth they want in their lives. He demonstrates that a person's spiritual knowledge is based on their willingness to pursue, to seek after, and to hear his truth. If, if, if you're concerned about how spiritual you are, or how you want to grow in Christ, and you're neglecting to feed yourself spiritually or to hear the word of God, then, then, then there's, there's something that's missing. You're not going to get one without the other. You, you've got to pursue him. You've got to seek after him according to his word, and you've got to hear his truths and believe them. No matter, no matter how far down you may think you are or no matter what's going on, this word has to be studied, heard, and believed and obeyed. You've got to hear his truth. That's how much uh, spiritual truth that, that you'll have within you in the time of storm. That there was something about the way Jesus talked to people. When Jesus talked to people Tax collectors wanted to hear him when he talked to people, sinners and known sinners, people who were living a low lifestyle, wanted to talk, wanted to come and hear Jesus talk. That there was something about the way Jesus talked that was different from the way other men talked. Many even said, never a man spake like this. Jesus taught them with authority. He didn't talk with no if and ands and all that. Jesus talked with them with solid truths. God has never said something and had to retract it or said it by mistake and, and had to go back and explain himself. Everything God has ever said to you, he has meant every word of it, and he has made it available to, for you to live according to it. I know by now you realize that what some so-called believers have to say is not even worthy for you to listen to. What, what some people, what some church folk even have to say is not what you need to hear right now in your life in need and in expectation of a miracle. When you read the Gospels, you don't see sinners and sick folk running up the Pharisees and priests to hear them. But when Jesus spoke, multitudes followed him in desolate places to hear what he was saying. And that's what happens when you acknowledge and realize that you have a real life threatening situation. You will follow him to hear what he has to say according to your situation. 
Don't listen to those who are always lifting themselves up over you, causing you to feel unworthy of the blessing God has for you. You'll never obtain it. You'll never live up to the glory or to the standards of God. You, you got to know that your blessing from God, your spiritual status with God is not based on how good you've been and how deserving you are, but it's based on how good God is and how much he unconditionally loves you. He, uh, what, what, what he did for us, his mercy towards us, it's only by his grace, his works and not ours. So stop trying to measure yourself up and size yourself up to what church folk want you to be and look like, because let me just tell you, the best you can do, somebody is going to find a reason to be critical of what you are trying to do. Rather than pray with you, they'll be critical of what you're trying to do. And they will be upset with you with silent anger. They'll distance themselves from you. And you will not even know that anything is bothering them about you. But while you're trying to go about your business. But thank God for shielding you from an unproductive, distracting conversation while you're expecting a miracle in your life. Listen, he thought you were worth saving. Not because of what you gave or what you did or who your mom and them are. None of that. It's just because of who he is, you can rest assured that these truths will be tested and they will be resisted in the world and even in the church. Somebody can just shout or chat a uh, amen or a hand clap right there. If you've been in church and long enough, then you realize that you're not going to please all church people, no matter what position, responsibility, or condition you're in. There will always be somebody that's going to find a reason to, 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 to resist what you're doing amen. and to distract the direction which God has sent you. They will cause you to question a whole lot of things, but keep listening to Jesus. Even when the world tests and resists what God has called you and sent you to do. The storm that the disciples experienced in the text is linked to, the, to life's storms and how Jesus has the power to bring peace in the midst of calamities in your life. There are some leaders who've reached such a level of success in their church or in their lives economically that they can no longer relate or conversate with those who are still dealing with troubles and struggles of life, that, they, that they've already made it through themselves. They, they, they are too high now to look down on. You, 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 that's where we think we have to look down on people. In their mind, they're too high and they can't look down. They, 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 they can't conversate with you anymore because you're dealing with low life struggles. They, they've already surpassed you. So they're not going to bring you along with them because they, 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 they've already overcome in their minds. Hebrews 4 and 15 says that this high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So he, he is acquainted with the same griefs and troubles that we are. And he still sits high and then he looks low. And not only does he look low, but he will reach way down and pick you up if he have to. And listen to this. After Jesus finished teaching the multitudes in the text, he tells his disciples, let us pass over to the other side. Now think about this. 
We're, we're all on our way to the other side and there will be storms. We're all on our way to the other side. We're on our way to the other side. And listen, there will be storms. Good, count all of your blessings. Rejoice with God over your happy days. But don't forget in your life that there will be storms. The disciples are doing what Jesus asked them to do. And in doing so, they ran into a great storm, an unexpected great storm that came seemingly out of nowhere, even while they were doing what the Lord asked them to do. Now, I know nobody can identify with that while you're doing what God has called and asked you to do, that you run in some storms with people that's closest to you. Amen. And they'll throw it up in your face now that you've been running with them church folk and you and all your other church. See, they're not going to just stop with you. They're going to stop with what you represent. But that's when they mess up because now they're shifting it from you. But and they're putting it on God. And listen, as long as you're in his will, as long as you're doing what God has told you to do, there will be some storms. But don't expect to get stuck in them. Amen. How many times have you found yourself in a storm that just came out of nowhere? I mean, just out of nowhere. You, you're around people that, that were already upset with you. And then all of a sudden you discover, look, that, that, they, they're mad at me. You know, they don't like me. I mean, there's suddenly something just comes up and it comes out of people that you never thought was in them for you or concerning you. It just popped out. Some kind of storm chased out a real thought, a real feeling they could no longer disguise or hide. That there's some of us who feel stuck in storms, health storms, personal storms, marital storms, and, and of course, yes, church storms. And I, and I know that, that, that some of you are, are, will seem to not be familiar with church storms because we don't have those. Amen. Well, one thing we have all learned in life is that there is no such thing as a storm-free, trouble-free life. Amen. You can think you can you can't think positive and sing some happy songs, but 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 you will have some trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying you, you can think positive. You can sing some happy songs. You can, you, you can kneel down, but you're going to have some trouble. Jesus said it. In this life, you will have some trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're going to have some days of trouble, but don't get stuck in it. In him, we have peace. In the world, we will have trouble. Go ahead and get it out of your mind. There's no such thing as a trouble-free life. Amen. Psalm 27 says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help even in trouble. Psalms 23 says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That means that we're going to run into some enemies, some people who want to bring you some trouble. Don't let it catch you by surprise that you have some enemies. There's so, there, there, there is no such thing as a trouble-free life or even trouble-free relationships. Somebody say amen.
I don't care how close they sit together in church. I don't care how he opens the door for her. And I don't care how she won't let go of his hand no matter where he goes in the building. There is no such thing as a trouble-free relationship of any kind. Many people don't, many people do many things publicly to keep up appearances. Some people like to appear like everything's all lovey, lovey but they'll do everything in the public to keep up appearances. There's no trouble-free life. When they get back in the car, they'll pick up from the argument where they left off many times, right after church, right after laying hands on certain people, right after interceding and praying in prayer line and cried all through the altar and will get back in the church, let go of that hand, get a distance from themselves and pick up right where they left off in the, in the argument. See, it's just to keep up appearances. It's what people want you to think that the grass is greener on the other side. But let me just tell you, there's some artificial turf to some of the stuff that you're looking at. Amen. It's not all happy, happy. We're going to have some trouble in our relationships. Yes. See, don't, don't just do stuff publicly to look like you got it all together. And I'm not telling you that you got to air all of your dirty laundry out of a bunch of in the midst of people and publicly, but I am telling you is don't get in the, in the way that you have to pretend to be happy or pretend to be in love with, with uh, when you're around people. That, that's just, that, that's fraudulent. That's just fake. Amen. So understand there's no trouble-free life. There's no trouble-free relationships and there are no trouble-free churches. How many times have you said, I didn't know folk in the church could be so mean? How many times have you ever said that? I didn't know folk in the church could be so mean. In the text, the focus is shifted from the disciples' fear and the storms and struggles to Jesus and his power. At some point, you've got to realize and recognize that your answer is with you. Your answer is in you. Your answer is right there accessible to you. Their focus shifted. See, you got to learn how to shift your focus from the problem and recognize that Jesus is there by faith. Amen. And he said unto them, uh, uh, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? No faith, not a little faith. He said, how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The storm struck fear in them in so much that, they, that, it, that it took away their faith. Everything they heard on the shores, everything Jesus taught, everything that they saw him do, they still had no faith, enough faith or any faith against what they were now presently experiencing. But even more than that, what they just saw Jesus do had even a greater effect on them. Because when you read down and continue reading, that they exceedingly, they feared exceedingly after all of this had taken place in the midst of the storm. And begin to ask, what manner of man is this? Has there ever been a time in your life when God just blew your mind by a display of his power? When he suddenly turned something around for you? When he suddenly protected you when you felt exposed? When he provided you for you out of nowhere? He revealed his presence to you by way of a word that came alive to you. Remember, he said it, let, let us go over. He said it, let us go over, not let us go under. They 
forgot what he said. We have to remember what he said. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Remember what he said. Psalm 30, verse 5, he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Remember what he said, Hebrews 13 and 5, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. In the midst of your storm, don't forget what he said, and don't forget that he is with you. Remember, storms are something you go through. Storms don't last always. Now, most of us, most of all, now most of all in, in, in the midst of, of, of your storm, most of all, in the midst of your storm, you can't forget who he is. Don't ever forget who he is. Don't take for granted that you've got word resident in you and the Holy Ghost ready to move according to the word that you speak because he's not gonna move according to your word. He's waiting on you to have a word from God to come alive inside of you so that you will speak this word and he will perform those things for which you have said by faith according to the word of God. Don't forget who he is in the midst of your storm. They called him master when they asked him, did he care? But they forgot he was not only master teacher, he was also master of the universe, creator of all things, the bread of life, our redeemer, our savior. The play has already been called. Let us go to the other side. You can't stay in the huddle and expect to move toward the end zone. It's time to line up and execute the play, the plan of God. There will be things coming up against you on every side, but it's going to work. You will make it through this. You will make it through this because you are doing what God told you to do. Now, while you're dealing with all of that, I want you to remember at your most uh, uh, terrible and most troublesome moments in life, the things that you've gone through, the things that you face. And listen, we only have another week or so in this year. You ought to rejoice that everything that's gone on, you made it through earthquakes and pandemics and all kinds of economic disasters and all kinds of, of killings and shootings and, and, and many openly murderous people running in the streets. You made it through it. You were right there. Every storm God kept you through it. You made it through. Listen, he thought you were worth saving. Not because you were worthy, not because you had the faith before he did it in this situation, but he thought you were worth saving because of who he is, because he is God who loves you unconditionally unconditionally he loves you and just because you're dealing with this thing just because this trouble has been on you for a season longer than what you wanted it to be doesn't mean that God does not care for you he cares he thought you were worth saving so he crawled and came into your life and and, and took refs there he 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 rested with you 
And in the storm, whenever you did not or could not for the storm, acknowledge his presence and remember what he said. He got up. Now you got a mild rebuke, but then on your behalf, he still thought you were worth saving. He rebuked the wind and the sea. And I tell you this, he's rebuking sickness in your body. You've got to be able to know. You've got to know now. You're going to make it through this. The mm -hmm. storm of your life, this great storm, you're going to make it through this. He thought you were worth saving. Don't let anybody, listen, get those folk out of your ear who, who are trying to doubt, cause you to doubt, to distract what God is saying to you, even in your dreams, get them out of your ear and continue speaking. My son shall live. I will live and not die. Whatsoever I say, I'll have it if I believe and not doubt. I believe sickness is leaving my body. He, he thought I was worth healing. He thought I was worth deliverance. He thought I was. When I gave up even that it was overtaking my life, he got up and he calmed the storm. Weeping endured for a night, but good morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah and thank God for just the simple truths of his word and who he is. We've got to identify who he is. We can't just be stuck in storms and be satisfied, but the storm is come, the storm is revealing, pushing you to, or causing you to wake, it's causing you to wake up and be hungry and thirsty for a manifestation of what we've only been satisfied hearing and getting a little moment of a thrill. God wills to heal you. He's willing and he's able to heal you. He knows that you will have trouble and that we are having some troubles in this life, in relationships, in church. There's no perfect relationships. I don't care, like I said, what you look like when you're holding hands at church and fixing my plate. And doing, there will be problems, but only those who will trust God will bring and, and will get through these tests. We'll get through this sickness, this these abnormalities, these these attacks that'll just show up. You got to learn how to fight together until, instead of turning on one another. We have a common enemy that we have to fight against, and God has already declared that we are the winners in Him. He thought we were worth saving. Aren't you glad that you didn't get stuck somewhere in the storm? Listen. This thing is as big as you have made it. They said it. They're saying it. They did it to you. The, the, the doctor has already told you. Now, listen, now it, you, you, he's already told you what he thinks. But now you've got to hear what Jesus has been saying. And you've got to speak what Jesus has said. You've got to shift yourself from the storm and notice that Jesus is over here on a pillar asleep, that Jesus is resting in the word. And I tell you, when we do that, God is about to show you something you've never seen before. 
I'm just in the mindset and right now in my faith and in my life as I intercede and help carry this load, this burden, this thing that I know is on a lot of people. I am right now at a place in my life that I know for, for I know this is a truth that nothing is impossible for God. I know of a truth that God can do anything. I know of a truth in the midst of my own storms that God is near. He is with us. He is a very present help in trouble. I know for myself that God can do anything. God loves you. He loves you more even than you love yourself. And I thank God for this moment, this time, this very brief conversation that we've had this morning by way of just encouraging you that you are not stuck in the storm and the storm is not getting the best of you. Just trust in God and watch God do what only God can do. He'll bring you into a situation where only he can get you out of it. And you've got to learn that this trial in your life, God has a plan and a purpose. Break the huddle, run the play, because God is about to show you something big in your life that he's still a healer. He's going to fill you with a testimony that he is able. He thought you were worth saving. In the mind of God, you are more than what people said you are. In the mind of God, you are more even than what you think you are. You can do more than what you think you can do. In the mind of God, there are no impossibilities in your life. You're going to have trouble, but you won't be stuck in it. Your, your good days are going to outweigh your bad days. Amen. Amen. And he goes on to show us that as he was going on into uh, his state of the manifesting the redemptive works of God by way of taking those beatings, by way of, of taking the, the punishment for our sins. And then in three days, overcoming it all with all power in his hands, he's showing you that storms can seem life-threatening and tough, but be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. You are and overcomer in Christ. And I thank you for your ears this morning. I thank you for your hearts to be open and to not be entertained, but to be receptive of just a simple word of encouragement. And those people who are laying before God, those people who are fasting and praying, those people who are diligently seeking after God, studying his word, they can identify with this that there comes a time in the prayer, there comes a time in the study that God will shift your eyes off of the, of the storm or the situation and bring your attention to what he's doing to the storm, what he's doing in the sickness, what he's able to do. If you could just shift your mind off of magnifying the problem, and learn to magnify him, learn to rejoice in him. He will show you something in your life that the it would baffle the world. I thank God. I thank God the last several weeks, I will tell you, has been very, very difficult. They have been very difficult. As your pastor, I'm asking the church to let's pray in ways we never have, because these are some crucial times. I don't know how sensitive you are in the spirit realm, but these are crucial times of shiftings. 
We're, the things that are coming up against the authority of God boldly, things that, that want to pull out of you anything of God that's in you, things that will try and discourage you, things that are happening and something will come up to make you think it's no longer happening the way God said that it's happening. Listen, God loves you. And he loved you enough and thought enough of you to save you. Amen. He thought you were to die for. Wow. He gave up his life so that you could be free. And so why will we allow any trouble, any storms cause us to even think that we have not been made free, been made whole? Still yet, devil, these are lying vanities. I am healed. I am free. I am delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, people of God. I pray that you're enjoying your holiday season and being safe, amen, and being wise, amen, in the midst of this. And I pray that you will continue to use discernment over anything entering into your body, you pray. And you, we've got to trust God, amen. Trust God, seek him, lean and depend on him. Nothing profound, nothing earth shattering, but just a simple word to let you know that in the mind of God, you are so favored and so loved that there's no reason for you to think and be pitiful for yourself. Don't, don't, don't just come down on yourself and think that you're not worthy. In the mind of God, you meet the qualifications for eternal life when you have faith in him. Amen. Amen. So God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. I pray that you would enjoy the rest of your day. I pray that the kids are going to enjoy what's been planned and set up for them. I pray that they will continue to just experience the joy in this season. Keep your kids covered in this season. One day you'll be able to talk to them and tell them all about 2020. Amen. 2020 will be a year that many of us will never forget. And this is... Amen. There are many people who have lived through times just like this and can tell you, you know, about things that they made it through. Listen, they made it through the storm. They made it through every storm. It threatened to stop them. It resisted the direction God sent them, but they made it. And that's going to be your testimony as well. Amen. 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 From the Lord, just give the Lord a hand praise and just tell him thank you. Because Thank you, Father. And he is worthy to be praised. And listen, one more thing. Don't get hung up when you discover that there have been people secretly resisting you, upset with you for whatever reason you did not or could not please them, even in the church, that you have to continue on with the mission and mind of God. Amen. Don't. Amen stuck in people prisons That's right. right there I felt the spirit I was talking to somebody Amen. don't get stuck in people prisons right. once they find out that they've got your attention they will do some things and mm -hmm. say some things that will stop you and cause you to walk around with your head down just you know avoiding people and being by yourself and thinking that that's no 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 
you continue on with the mission of God. Amen. Do what God Amen. told you to do. Speak yeah. to it. I don't care. With Listen, I'm talking to somebody. I don't care if with your eyes you see it getting worse. You speak what Mark 11, 22 empowered and gave us the authority to do. And if you got to say it all day, speak it till it gets down in your spirit and your spirit speaks. And I'm telling you, you will see things turn right before your very eyes. That's true, Amen. Pastor. Speak it. Speak to the mountain, whatever it is. Yeah. Man. Speak to it. You've been empowered. You've got the authority to do it. So speak. Don't just sit around silent. I was just thinking, no, speak until it makes you feel crazy. Speak to it. Speak in Jesus' name. I'm gone. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Grace and peace. I love all of you. And Merry Christmas to you if we don't speak again before that wonderful day. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Pastor. Merry Christmas, y'all. Love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.